Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. at that person that just said that to you and say that was awkward that was awkward (laughs) oh it's good to see you today and we're excited this week grow groups are kicking off uh today and throughout the week whatever night of the week it is and so we encourage you to get in a group get in a group get in a group go online find the group or the night of the week or the topic that uh that you feel is best for you this semester and get signed up. They begin this week. It's going to be a great semester of groups. And before we get into the message, I want to share just some practical things with you. Um, if you uh, if if you gave this last year, and you should have received an email. So for those of you that received an email, everybody was sent an email that had your giving statement uh, attached to it that you could click on this secure file and and it would pull it up. You could print it off. If you need that again, we can send that to you again. It's not that big of a deal. But if you if you did not receive that or you did not open that, then uh, we have a paper form for you today. And so on your way out, uh, you can find your giving statement if you need that for tax purposes and things like that, records. We want you to know about that. Also, on your way out today in the lobby, there is uh, our 2020 income statement for the church. And so you can pick that up on the way out today. And then I wanted to share a couple of things uh, about Give Big Weekend last weekend. And I know before I share this, we didn't, there is no goal for Give Big Weekend. The goal is obedience, right? And so ultimately, the coolest thing about Give Big Weekend every year is are those people that are just obedient to what it is that the Holy Spirit says to do. But I do want to let you know because some people are curious and and uh, you might be curious that last weekend alone, just last weekend, Give Big Offering, uh, you guys gave $43,305 in Give Big Offering. Which is amazing. And another thing too, just in the month of January, uh, we, were looking, we were looking at some records. Just in January, uh, up until today, you guys have uh, given almost $82,000 in just the month of January. In addition, you know, like, it's just, it's crazy. And uh, man, we just can't say thank you enough for your generosity and especially uh, your heart to, to fill out these cards and, and do these things that are going to help us to see the vision fulfilled that, that we're going to be debt-free by the end of this year in our new facility. And we're excited about that. Sheetrock has been going up and insulation. And so we had the perfect timing last week to go and write the scriptures because now you almost can't even see, you almost can't even see it anymore. So uh, they're moving right along with that. We're excited about uh, that facility and being debt-free in that place. And so I wanted to share that with you just some practical things. And today we are finishing up our series that we've called Devoted. And our word for 2021, every year as a church, we have a word that we center uh, what we do around and that we focus on. And we believe God not only speaks it over our church, but that he's speaking it over you and your family as well. And that for this year has been Devoted. So we've been in this series 
uh, where we've been talking about devoted. And I want to read our theme verses again for the last time in this series. And this is where we get this word from and what we're basing this series off of and what we're going to be focused in on this year. It's in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And we were talking about in week one, I wonder if we still have this deep sense of awe. When you think about what it is that Jesus did for you, do you take it lightly or do you have this sense of awe still about your relationship with God and what what he did by sending his son to die for you? A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And I want to read this one more time in this series, and we'll probably remind you about it throughout the year as well, but uh, the word devoted... Uh, The actual word that is used in this text in the Bible, it means to continue to do something with intense effort, with the possible implication of, despite difficulty, to devote oneself to, to keep on, and to persist in. And so when we're talking about being devoted, we're talking about intense effort, keeping on, being persistent, being consistent. We are devoted, and there have been five things that we've said since the beginning of the year that we're going to be devoted to on another level this year, and those five things, I think we have those on the screen. They're prayer, gathering together, generosity, discipleship, and community. And some of you that have been here throughout the series, you know which one we're talking about today because we've already talked about the other four. But uh, it's, it's important. I would encourage you to go back, go back on the podcast or, or on the app if you prefer to watch it or the YouTube channel, however you want to get the, the content, and watch the messages, listen to the other messages because I think they'll be a blessing to you and it'll be good for you to know, hey, this year, this is what we need to be devoted to. This is my life. I need to bo- be devoted in these areas. And so we've talked about prayer. We've talked about uh, devoting ourselves to gathering together and to community with each other. Well, last weekend we talked about being devoted to generosity. We said that you know you and I were blessed to be a blessing. That generosity begins with good stewardship, and generosity involves pre-deciding. And so uh, that's where we've been so far today. As we end this series, I've titled this message just like every other one, but this one is titled "Devoted to Discipleship." And I put in parentheses a question that many of us ask. I think a lot of times whenever we we hear about this, and it's what's the big deal? Devoted to discipleship. What is the big deal, right? Like, we've heard that before. We've heard about groups before. We've heard about discipleship before. We've heard about, like, what is the big deal? I've been a part of that. What is the big deal? I don't really, you know, I don't don't really want to commit to that. What is the big deal? And so today we're going to be talking about continually with intense effort, despite difficulty, persistently, consistently devoting ourselves to discipleship. And when you say it in that way, it gives it a little more weight than to just say devoted to discipleship whenever you dig into what the word actually means. And so we ask this question all the time, what's the big deal? And I want to try to answer this today. But here's the reality uh, before we get into some, some scripture and some points that I want to give you today. The reality is we can talk about discipleship, we can, we can have opportunity for discipleship, but at the end of the day... You have to make a decision. 
You have to make the decision that you, for you personally, for you and your family, you are going to be a mature follower of Jesus. We can talk about discipleship. You can believe in discipleship. You can try to participate and kind of not participate. I mean, but at the end of the day, you have to make the decision for you, for me, I'm going to be devoted to this. I want to be a mature follower of Jesus. And so here are a few scripture verses that give us some insight into God's desire for us to be growing followers of Jesus, mature followers of Jesus. I want to begin in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And Paul writes, he says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be, here's our word, mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will be, then we will be, when will we be? Whenever we have become mature, then, whenever we're on this journey, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I want us to skip over to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. And I want to read this from the Amplified Bible. The writer says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, because of the time you've had to learn these truths. Now listen, I want to stop here for a minute. Because what the writer is saying is it's this picture that by this time, you ought to be teaching other people. By this time... You ought to be teaching other people God's word. You ought to be teaching other people. Like, you've been on the, by this time, but you're not. And he's writing to them not in a condemning way, but in a convicting way. You ought to be teaching others. You should have been on this journey already to where now you are bringing other people alongside you. You're bringing other people into your home to do life together and to grow together and to teach them. You ought to be teaching because of the time you have had to learn these truths. In other words, he says, you've had time. You've just wasted it. You've had, you've had opportunity to grow, but you've just wasted it you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning and you have come to be continually in need of milk not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a spiritual infant but solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. Here's where I want to begin today. I I think that I see two choices that 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 we have to make from. And I, can we put these on the screen? Here are the two things. You can either stay a baby Christian or you can become a mature follower of Jesus. Now listen, you get to choose. God is not going to come down from heaven and consume you. And grow, you know, like that's not, that's not going to happen. You get to choose. 
Now, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to people who have put their faith in Jesus. You get to choose. You have a choice. Do I want to stay a baby Christian in need of milk, or do I want to mature in my faith and become a mature follower of Jesus? Now, I wish I had this. Somebody mentioned this to me after the, after the first service. Can you imagine, what would you, what would you do if you were walking in the grocery store and you saw a 40-year-old man drinking from a bottle while he's just walking through the just walking through the grocery store just you know just drinking from a bottle that's not natural <laughs> I mean we would if if I saw that and I was walking there I'd be like what is happening like Jesus is obviously about to come back cuz some this we're going crazy it's not natural. Can I submit to you that spiritually there are many of us that we are content with, we've placed our faith in Jesus, we're on our way to heaven, but we're content with just staying in this place. Well, I've just, I, like I'm going to heaven, but I'm just going to hang out here, I'm just going to do my life, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm not really worried about, there's a lot of us that we're just so content with staying in this baby Christian phase and God's desire for you is for you to mature and to grow in your faith so that you can be more and more like Jesus. Listen, baby Christians are tossed and blown about as Ephesians tells us. It says that that they are blown around and tossed about by different teaching, right? Well, that sounds good. Maybe that's the truth. Well, that sounds good. That's well, that's you know, well their opinion sounds like that might actually be what what we're supposed to believe. Well, that sounds like that might actually be the way that we're supposed to do it. That that's what baby Christians do. Mature followers of Jesus know the truth. They know what the truth is. And so when you come to them and you're trying to convince them of something, well that, that doesn't sound like what I already know to be true. There's a difference between being a baby Christian, baby Christians, they're, they're tossed about and blown about as Ephesians tells us. Baby Christians don't understand everything they need to understand about their relationship with God. Listen, this is not condemning, but I do hope that the Holy Spirit convicts you today. That it's, there are some of us that we're in the place to where we don't understand who we are in Christ and what authority we have and who he says that we are. And we, we, we live in a way that is, not, that is not what God would have for our life because we, don't un, we just don't understand. Why do we not understand? Because we haven't been intentional to mature. We haven't been intentional to mature. If I just let my kids, I have four kids, if I just let my kids do whatever they want, whenever they want, and just make all the decisions for themselves, right, and just stay in the baby phase, and they're always dependent on me for everything, I didn't do my job. And God's desire as your heavenly father is that you would mature in your relationship with him. That, that one year from now, you would, you would be more mature than you were. You would understand more truth than you did before. You would have a more in-depth knowledge of God's word than you did last year. And then that you would go even farther the next year. And you would go even farther the next year. It's this journey that God wants to take you on. And mature followers of Jesus, they put God's word into practice. Mature followers of Jesus are becoming more and more like Jesus. And there's a process involved that takes you from a baby Christian... To a mature follower of Jesus. Now listen, if you're in this room right now, or you're watching online, and you you would say like, "Whoo!" If I take inventory of my life, I'm a baby Christian. Don't don't feel condemned. The Holy Spirit's not going to condemn you. 
he will convict you. And from that moment forward, you just make the decision, okay, I need to be growing. I need to be maturing. Today is the day. I'm going to start the process today. And there's a process that you go on, and I, I envision it like this, that there is a bridge, and that bridge that gets you from baby Christian to mature follower of Jesus is called discipleship. There's a bridge that connects from being a baby Christian that gets you to where you're a mature follower of Jesus. And we have to cross over on the bridge. We have to get on the bridge and start the journey of maturing and being discipled in our lives. And there are many of us, there are many of us that we look on the other side of the bridge, right? You ever, you know, if you want to get to the other side of a, of a lake or a pond, maybe you have some body of water, right, or a pool in your backyard, I don't know. But let's just say you couldn't go around it. Everything was blocked off around it. You have to build a bridge. There has to be a way to get to the other side. And here's what I, here's what I saw is that there are many of us that were looking on the other side and we're like, wow. Like, I love the way that their marriage looks. I love how much they know about the word. I love how in-depth they are, it seems like, with God. I love the fact, like, I wish that I could have that. And we're standing on this side of the bridge, and we're looking at people in our lives. And what we don't understand is they have taken the journey. The reason that they are experiencing life to the fullest and they know who they are in Christ and we're over here like, wow, they seem like they're so confident and they know the word and they know who they are and nothing phases them and people try to come against them and they just stand firm in their faith and all of these things. And we look over there and we see these people and what we miss a lot of times is the fact that they might have been on a, you know, they may have been a believer for the last 13 years, but they've been intentional. They've been in discipleship. I'm going to make sure that I'm growing and I'm getting around people that are growing and I'm getting around people and we're talking about the word. We're talking about scripture. We're growing in our faith. We're getting closer and closer. Will you ever be perfect? No. You're not going to be perfect. But we've got to get some of us, some of us just need to get on the bridge and start walking across to the other side and start maturing. And here's what will happen. You'll look back six months from now, two years from now, and you'll be in the middle of this body of water, and you'll be thinking, wow, you know, how did I, how did I get here? It's, it's the people that I brought along beside me and the things that I did that were intentional to help me to grow in my faith. I've got to be intentional to grow in my faith, not, not standing over here looking at, God, I don't know how I can, how in the world do you experience that in your life? How are you like that? How do you not let anything, you know, it's like be anxious for nothing. You've, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? How are you overcoming fear? How did you lose somebody in your life and you are still believing and still confident in God that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he it's because they've been on a journey. They've been on a journey. They're, they're, they're on their way to the other side. And you don't need to feel condemned today. But for some of us, we just need to start the journey. We just need to get on the bridge and say, you know what? I'm not content with just living my life and just being. See, here's, here's the thing. The bridge, we need to have the perspective and the dedication and the devotion to say, I want to get over there more than I want my comfort. Oh, can I preach this for a minute? I want to get over there more than I want my Hulu show. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to somebody today. I want to get over there more than I want to keep all of my stuff. See, because sometimes when you get on the bridge, that song that we sang right there at the end of worship, that begins to happen in your life. 
he begins to refine you. And then you take another step and something else gets stripped away or something else gets placed into your hand or something else that you didn't see coming may happen because there's a refining and there's a pruning process that's happening as you're going over there. But we have to get to the point to where you, you get to choose. Do I want to be a baby Christian who's just tossed about? You know, that I personally... It's my opinion, but I believe that when the Bible talks about in the last days, there are going to be those that are going to fall away from the person and the faith that they know that they should actually be believing in, that at one point they did. I think it's going to be the people that never took the journey. They never endured the hard. They never allowed the Lord to walk them through something. They never, they never got on the bridge and kept on walking and kept on progressing to see that, whoo, that was hard, but God was faithful. Whoo, that was difficult, but God is good. Oh, man, I don't know how we made it here because back there it looked like we weren't going to make it to the other side, but now we're over here right now, and God is still good, and God is still faithful. It's the, it's the people that are, that are stuck. It's the people that are stuck that are like, I wish I had that, I wish I had that. And when, when trouble comes and hardship comes, they fall away. They just, they fall away. And so it's not a condemning thing, but I believe it is a call to grow and be discipled because that's God's desire for your life. And so to answer this question to the best of my ability, I feel like there are three things that I want to share with you on why discipleship is such a big deal. Here's point number one, and it's... <laughs> I mean, we, we could just stop after point number one, but here's point number one. Why is it such a big deal? Making disciples is Jesus' command. <laughs> I mean, we could just stop, pray, go home. Why is it such a big deal to, to, to be a part of discipleship and making disciples and being discipled? Because Jesus said so, right? You ever use that on your kids, those of you that had kids? Like, why do we have to do this, right? Going through 21 days of prayer and fast, and you're struggling with the fast and trying to lead your kids through the fast, and your kids are like, why do we have to do this? Like, because I said so. It's the only answer you're going to get right now until I get some different food. <laughs> Why do I have to pick up my room? Because I said so. Some of us, like, we just need to wrap our minds around the fact that why do I need to be invested in discipleship? Because Jesus said so. When he rose from the dead, when he rose from the grave and was about to go back to heaven, the last thing he's telling his followers and he's telling us today was, you need to go. In fact, let's read it. Matthew 28. We know it as the Great Commission. This is what it says in verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Anybody thankful for the last part of the Great Commission? <laughs> he says go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them and do all of these things and whoop, hold on I'm going with you I'm going to be with you I'm not going to leave you I'm not going to forsake you I'm with you even till the end of the age but really we could just answer the question simply why is this such a big deal why do we talk about it so much why do we speak about it so much why do we have groups so often why are we doing these things because Number one, Jesus said so. It's what Jesus has commissioned us to do. And I want to I want to ask you a question. In love. If Jesus said to his followers, are you a follower? Are you a believer? If Jesus said, you need to go and make disciples, 
be a part of discipleship. Make this a part of your life. This is what I'm commissioning you to do. Why are you not? Why are you not? Listen, what, what do you tell yourself in your mind as to why you are not doing what the Bible and what Jesus has said? Hey, this is what, this is what life looks like on mission. Why are you not? Why are you not? And again, don't feel condemned. Feel convicted. Whew, something, I may need to change something. I may need to prioritize something. I may need to do something different. I may need to, to whatever it looks like for you. But why, why are you not? Why do we feel like we're the one that's exempt? <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Why, why do you and I feel like well, I know, I, like, I read that, but isn't that like what the, that's like what the pastor does? Isn't that what, like, the missionaries do? Don't we, like, send out people to do that and, and to do that work? No, like, Jesus sent you. Jesus sent you out as a believer. And so it's Jesus' command is number one why I believe it's such a big deal. Here's point number two. It's that study and discussion sharpens and progresses you. Study and, dis- and discussion sharpens and progresses you. And I love Proverbs, this proverb in twenty-seven seventeen from the Amplified. It reads like this. It says, as iron sharpens iron. Come on, many of you know this. But look at how it words it. So one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Can I ask you a question? Who is influencing you? Whoever you're getting around and having discussions with. and <laughs> here's, what, here's what I love about the Proverbs. The Proverbs are good spiritual principles, but they just work on anybody. (laughs) You cannot be a Christian and read Proverbs and do all of that, and it just works. It's just true. It it is. Like, it's just wisdom. Wisdom. And this says, and what what I felt like when I read it this time, what I felt like the Lord told me, he said, that applies on any discussion, when as iron sharpens iron, whoever you're getting around, you're being influenced. There's through discussion. So how much more important is it for us to consistently, persistently be devoted to being around, we're going to study together, we're going to be in this group together, we're going to have discussion together, we're going to get different perspectives, we're going to see what God's word says in that area, I want to see what God's word says about how I'm supposed to parent, I want to know what God's word says about my marriage, I want to know what God's word says about my life and the, the, the way that I'm living, like I want to know, I I need to be around people and in discussion with people and in groups with people who are going to sharpen me. Sharpen me. I believe you need to have your own personal study time. And we've talked about that in weeks past. But there's, there's also something so powerful about studying and discussing together with other believers, isn't there? Isn't there something so, so interesting and so powerful and so, uh, it, just, it just seems like it goes deeper. Whenever you discuss and you study together and you're in a group of people who are heading in the same direction, trying to understand what God's word says about different areas of our lives and studying that together. And what does, 
this, this study and discussion with others do. I think it challenges you. I think it shows you another perspective. It sharpens you. It encourages you. And I want to read Colossians chapter 2. I love these two verses in verses 6 and 7. This, the first, I want to read it from two translations. The first one is the Passion Translation. And it says it this way. It says, In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed. I love this word, absorbed. You, have, you, you, have, you are established in the faith you have absorbed, right? You are established in what you have been absorbing and enriched by your devotion to him. Now look at the New Century Version. I love there's one phrase in the New Century Version of these two verses that I want to point out to you and make a point on today. It reads this way, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live in him. Keep your roots deep in him and have your lives built on him. Be strong in the faith just as you were taught and always be thankful. I want to focus in just for a moment on the phrase just as you were taught. Be strong in your faith just as you were taught. Be strong. It doesn't read be strong in your faith and have joy. And No, be strong in your faith. How can you be strong in your faith? In the faith that you were taught. Be strong in your faith just as you were taught. In other words, Paul is saying you've been taught. You've heard it. We've said it. We wrote it down. You sat at church on Sunday and you heard it like you were taught. So be strong in your faith just as you were taught. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28 that we just read, it even talks about teaching the word. Jesus said, teach them what I've commanded you. And today I believe it will be relevant to the Bible. We have the written word of God. And he says, go and make disciples. And part of that is teaching them. Teaching people, being taught. Listen, you and I need to be taught. You and I need to be taught. And I began thinking about this, and I, this question came to mind. What if there are some of us who aren't strong in the faith because we aren't willing to be taught? <laughs> and we're on this side of the bridge, and we look over there, and we're like, oh, how are they making it through that? How are they enduring through that? How are they so strong in their faith? How are they so confident? They were taught. And maybe I'm over here too good to be taught, too all-knowing to be taught, too, whoo, too busy to be taught, too worried to be taught, too fearful to be taught, too prideful. To be taught. And, I, and I, I see people on the other side that are bold and courageous and faith-filled and strong in their, and confident. They know who they are in Christ. They were taught. At some point along the way, they submitted themselves to discipleship. They made it a priority in their life. And that's how they've gotten to where they are. One thing I found interesting is the link between this year's word, which is devoted, and last year's word, which is progress. 
as I was reading this and studying this, I, I kind of worded it this way in my mind, that when you're devoted to discipleship, that discipleship that you're devoted to, it progresses you. And so it's almost like you can take this year's word and apply it to your life, and the fruit of that will be more of what last year God was speaking over your life. Right? Progress didn't end on December 31st. It wasn't like God shut off the progress on December 31st. Like, well, now we're moving on. Nope. Devotion, it, it, it brings progress. It sharpens you. It progresses you. Discipleship. Here's point number three. Why is it such a big deal? It's discipleship deepens belief and activates action. I'll bring the worship team back up this morning. Discipleship deepens belief and activates action. And if you do a word study on the word disciple that Jesus used in Matthew 28. I, I, I found this, looked it up, and it's kind of lengthy, but we're going to put it on the screen because I want you to see it with your own eyes. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, this is what that word means. Helping someone to progressively learn the word of God to become a matured, growing disciple, literally a learner, a true Christ follower, to train or develop in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required. Helping a believer learn to be a disciple of Christ in belief, whoo, here it is, and action. Helping someone to learn to be a disciple of Christ in what they believe and in what they do. Well, Pastor Gabe, I thought like we're not, you know, works is not the key. Works is not the key, Gabe. Works is not the key. No, works doesn't get you saved. Believing and putting your faith in Jesus and what he did, he did all the work so that you could be saved. But what you do from that point on matters. What you do from the moment that you get saved on, it matters. It has an eternal impact. It's not that you're saved by works. But there ought to be some good works coming out of you if you're saved. There ought to be a devotion to things of the kingdom of God if you're saved. There should be a desire to mature in your faith and relationship with God if you're saved. What you do matters. We could sum it up this way, just putting it in my own language. Discipleship is about learning how to be a true follower of Jesus in what you believe and in what you do. It will deepen, you've placed your faith in Jesus, it will, discipleship will deepen your faith in Jesus. It will deepen your belief in what the word of God says, but it will also activate you to do something with what you say you believe. To bring other people alongside, to share the gospel, like it's going to activate your action. Action. Even if you think about the Great Commission, what did Jesus say? Go! Go. He didn't say believe. And that's it. No. They were already believers. And he told his followers, he said, here is what I'm telling you to do. Take action. Go and teach and disciple and baptize. Do these things. It matters what you do. What you do does not save you. But what you, what you do might save somebody else. Ooh, what if 
What if, what, you, what if you lived it out and other people saw it in your life? And then they came to faith in Christ because of how they saw you live your life. The things that you did and what you were committed to and devoted to. There's a, there's a book by Craig Rochelle. I don't know if you know who he is or not, but it's called The Christian Atheist. I just love the title. I'm intrigued a lot of times by titles of books, and it, it like intrigues me. I'm like, mm, I want to read that or listen to that. He wrote a book. It's been several years ago. It's called The Christian Atheist, and this is what he said, and that's like a, a term that he coined, and this was the point that he was making. He said, a Christian atheist is someone who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist. It's somebody that has their belief right, but they don't live as if God exists. I've got the belief thing down. That's why discipleship, it deepens your belief, but it's going to call you to action. Because what you do actually matters. How you live your life actually matters. And he made this point. He said, true followers of Jesus' lives should not look like that. True followers of Jesus, it shouldn't be that I've got the belief down, but I live as if God doesn't even exist. Discipleship will not only deepen your faith and knowledge in what you believe, it will also equip you to actually understand and live out what you believe. Will you stand to your feet? We have a, we have a call to be devoted to discipleship, to be devoted to learning, being a learner. I love, I love, I love that about the word. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, he said, we need some learners. We need some people that don't think they know it all. You can, you can read through the word of God all the way through it and then start it over and the Holy Spirit will speak something completely different to you as you read something. And you're like, last year I read that same thing and I didn't get that and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, but right now this is what you need. Yeah, right now, this is what I need you to get out of that. It's, it's alive. It is alive. We're called to be devoted to discipleship. Being discipled and discipling others. That's, that's how we get. That's what takes us from baby Christian to fully devoted, mature follower of Jesus. It's discipleship. Discipleship is what happens in the in-between. It's being intentional. And as a church, I just want to talk to you for just practically for just a couple of minutes. And then we're going to sing and I'm going to give you some instruction and give you an opportunity to respond. But as a church, this discipleship element of what we are called to be devoted to, we have a system and it is not a foolproof plan. Okay. This is just something that we have put in place to be intentional and give you the opportunity to be intentional, to mature, and to grow, and to be discipled, and to disciple others. And we call them grow groups. And here's the great thing. They start today. This week, there is one starting today, and this week, as this week goes on, they're going to be they're gonna be beginning on Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and Sundays, and, and there are different, we have, we have 10 
10 different groups right now that you can look at whatever stage of life you're in or whatever that is. But this is the system that we feel like the Lord has told us to put in place to get us together in smaller groups of people. One pastor says it this way, and I love the way that he words it. He says, circles are always better than rows. It's great that you come to church and you worship together. We encourage each other, but circles are where the discipleship happens. Circles is where the growth really happens. Circles is where you get in each other's lives. Circles is where you begin to mature with each other. Circles is where you sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. Circles are always better than rows. Listen, you need to be, we just talked about it two weeks ago. You need to be here and gathered and worshiping and not doing life alone and encouraging each other. And there's a time and there's a place for this. But if you're not in a group, you're missing a key part of your Christian walk. You're missing something that is vital. It's vital to you maturing and becoming a mature, devoted follower of Jesus. And so our system, we... We, we call them grow groups where we gather together and you say, well, what is the, like, what is the goal? What is the people goal of grow groups? Well, let me just say it to you like this, 100%. You know what I would love to see? This ain't even about me. You know what God would love to see? 100% of the people that call Impact Church home in a group. What could God do through 100% of people that were committed and devoted to being in a group? And I'm going to ask you again, why not? Because there are some of us in this room right now, your mind is working. And if I was the enemy, you know what I would do if I was the enemy? I would convince you too busy, you were too preoccupied, you had too much going on, you were there, like this isn't the semester maybe next semester will be the semester I would do everything in my power to convince you to get you to convince yourself that this isn't for you you need this I don't tell you that because we just want to see a whole bunch of people in groups. I am telling you from the bottom of my heart, you need this. You need it. It is God's desire for you to grow and mature in your faith and your relationship with Him. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray in just a moment. We're going to sing one final song and we're going to worship together. But here's how, I want, here's how I'm asking you to respond. And you don't need my permission. But I said it at the 9.30 service in this way, and, 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 uh, and so I'll say it this way again. The Holy Spirit gives you permission during this last worship song to get out your phone and to see what groups are available this semester and to sign up right in the middle of worship. Listen, here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit would tell you today. If you don't raise your hand during this last worship song, but you join a group and you get plugged into a group, woo! That's what he thinks about you. <laughs> Come on, can we, can we devote ourselves to discipleship? Can we start taking the journey? Or maybe there are some of us that are in the middle of the journey. Can we take another step? Can we take another step?
can we take another step? Will you devote yourself to take another step in discipleship in your journey and maturing and becoming more like Jesus? So I'm gonna pray, they're gonna sing this song and I would encourage you, if you have not joined a group this semester, I know there are, there are many people that have, but if you have not joined a group this semester, you get that, get on the app, click on the groups, go to the website, whatever, whatever you need to do, but find the group that is right for you, that maybe it's your stage of life, maybe it's what you feel like the Holy Spirit's drawing you toward, maybe it's the night of the week that works to you, get in a group. So Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that you care so much about us. You love us right where we are, but you love us too much to leave us where we are. God, you are drawing us closer to you. You are drawing us into deeper relationship with you. You are drawing us across that bridge from, from being an infant spiritually to being a mature follower of Jesus, the one that would be standing on the other side saying, no matter what the cost, no matter how many times I have to take up my cross and follow him, no matter what persecution may come, no matter what my life looks like, I know that he's good. I know that he's faithful. God, will you take us to that place? Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice right now that we would make the decision. God, I thank you that you've given us free will and you've given us, you've given us a decision to make. And so Lord, I pray that we would choose to follow you, that we would choose to be devoted to discipleship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.